live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I am Ramsey personality Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with my good friend and Ramsey personality, Jade Warshaw. And we're answering your questions, life, money, relationships, career, anything and everything. Give us a call. So first up in Gainesville, Florida, we have Cameron on the line. Hey, Cameron, welcome to the show. Howdy. Thank you. Um, so my question is my parents just sold their house in Texas and they can got a considerable amount of money for it. Um, and they're currently in the process of, um, basically planning for their future. And, uh, I recently also purchased a house in Gainesville, Florida, which is part investment property. I'm, I'm living there at the same time. It's kind of renting out rooms in addition to it. Um, and my father brought up to me, Hey, with all this extra money that we now have, you know, would you like us to pay off your house? And then that way you'll just pay us back instead of paying back the bank. And I've kind of heard before, you know, Dave talk about not good to take money from family members. And I kind of just want to hear y'all's perspective on it, the pros and the cons here. Yeah. I mean, I think if you look at the pro side, sometimes families in the situation, they do it with less interest and all this stuff. But I think honestly, Cameron, there's just more cons Mm -hmm. in this because I think the math side sometimes can play into people and they're like oh well I don't they're not gonna charge me interest or like whatever the deal is that's a better deal than the bank but here's the truth I'm like it's a house number one you're not talking about like we're gonna pay off a $5,000 car Mm -hmm. it's your house and so for now and in the next foreseeable five ten years you're going to be having Christmases and family dinners and you're going to want Cameron to go on a great trip. And they may be thinking, wow, why why is he going on a trip? He needs to be paying us back. I mean, like, you know, like it starts to like, Mm -hmm. it starts to play into the relationship in a pretty deep way where your parents end up being your bank. Mm -hmm. And again, all Mm -hmm. good intentions. Like I I hear that because I think a lot of parents go into this and and, and their heart in it is so good. Yeah. But the way it just plays out, Cameron, like it just ends up, getting messier. Yeah. I'm just thinking about, okay, so if you're in the, in the baby step where you're paying off your house early, right, you might commit to, Hey, we're going to make an extra mortgage payment every month. Right. But then something might come up in your house where you go, you know what, we're not going to make a full extra mortgage payment. We're going to do this or that. And you kind of have the the freedom to choose what you're going to do. But when your parents Mm -hmm. are the bank and if they get used to you paying on a certain schedule, a certain amount, and then you and your wife decide there's another priority right now. We're not going to do as much. Like Rachel said, I just feel like there's this weird feeling of, oh, they stopped paying 6000 a month and now they're only paying 4000 I wonder what that's about. Like, I just feel like there's so much there. And then, and I mean, I'm, I'm not saying anything negative, but there are the negative side of things that we have to think about, which is something with your parent situation changes and suddenly they need more money or something with your situation changes and suddenly you don't have as much money. And you can't afford the house anymore for some reason. And then they are looking for, yeah, yeah. There's a lot. I I wouldn't do it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Because Cameron, let me, let me make sure. Sorry. Let me ask you one follow-up real quick. Cause you said something about an investment property. This isn't their house, is it? It's yours. No, it's not. This is my own personal house. It's just that it's more than what I currently need. And so I have, um, it was it being in Gainesville near the local college. So I have, um, you know, young adults that live in the additional rooms. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Gotcha. How much, just for wondering, how much was it that they were going to pay off on your uh, mortgage? A little over a hundred thousand. 
Yeah. And I'm currently putting an additional about $3,500 per month towards it. Mm-hmm. And that's actually what my second question was going to be in regards to. I have about $25,000 liquid right now on top of my emergency fund. Uh-huh. And I wonder, is it worth it to just throw all of that in on the mortgage right now? Or should I kind of save that and maybe, you know, wait for better opportunities? Look, if you're on baby step six, absolutely the case. Um, if you're not, you know, in this case, it sounds like you are. You you don't have any other debt. I'm sure you're investing 15% of your income. Um, mm-hmm. You know, obviously, you already have a home. Are you savings for ch- kids' college, like that kind of thing? If you know you're checking off all um, of those boxes, then yeah. or the applicable boxes, then yes, I would do that. Yeah, and if you know, okay. you know that there may be a, you know, you have to replace a car soon, or um, you know, you use that money for something else. If there's something you want to redo in the house, I don't know. If there's other expenses you know are coming, you could leave some of that aside mm-hmm. just as a buffer, you know, savings fund to be able to pull from if you need if you need that extra cash. Um, Especially with renters. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. But I would put a big, I would put a big chunk of that, yeah, towards towards the mortgage to get it paid off faster. So. Thanks, Cameron. Thanks for the call. You know, Jade, I feel like the family dynamic with loaning money, it is, and it's one thing, and what's what's always kind of hard for me in this seat, I know there's families out there that are like, this can work. It can work. And then there's like the disaster families. The disaster families are kind of easy to be like, my mom's saying I have to, (laughs) you you can paint a picture pretty quickly to be like, yeah, I probably wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that deal. And then there's some families where it's like, you know, the, the parents are healthy. It's a good situation, all of it. But still, even with that, yeah, even with that, it just changes the relationship. I would think. And I don't think it, it would even take anything like truly negative happening. Right. I really think it's just the, the difference of we were used to this payment and it seems like you're, you've are you been paying less. And them just wanting to ask the question why, yeah. even if they don't. Which they have the right to because they're technically the bank, yeah. right? In that scenario. That's right. Like, yeah. And even if they never do, like even if even if as the child or like the grown child, you never they never come to you and say, hey, we were wondering what happened. Just them even wondering it has the ability <laughs> to affect the way they're viewing you. Like, hey, we're all going Black Friday shopping and they see you, you know, spending money. They might in their own head be like, hmm, interesting. She spent a thousand dollars here, but she didn't. Like, yes. And yeah. you just don't want people thinking of you through that lens at all times. That's right. That's so right. Yes. It's just and the it's, human quality of it. And especially the parent to the child relationship. It just, again, yeah. sometimes well-intentioned yeah, and all of it, but we've seen it so often, so often go sideways. And people even talk like with friends and everything. And I'm like, it just, just keep yeah. it all separate. It's like, I don't want to. I mean, I think about it. how, just as people think about how we are, if we've ever heard a friend or family member say, oh, I'm, I'm saving up for this or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. And then we, after they've said that, we view what they're doing with their money. So mm-hmm. if they say, oh, we're saving up for, you know, a down payment on a house, then it makes sense when they say, oh, we're not going to go out to dinner. We're not going to, you, you start filtering it through what they said they're going to do. Right, right. And so if that changes, you're like, oh, I thought they said they were saving for a house. Like you yes. just, you can't help it. And I just wouldn't want my own parents doing that. Yes. Which honestly, borrowing money in general, not even just for a house or a mortgage, but anytime for a car, for a yeah. personal loan, I mean, anything. Yeah. So we always say, if you have the money, you can give it as a gift. And again, with the parent-child relationship, there are some situations where it is a gift and the parents can afford it. The child can can handle that gift. And it's a beautiful thing of changing a legacy with something, right? Like that 100% can work. Yes. But then also on the other side, there's parents that enable children 
and it can be dysfunctional too. So it's never about the money, right? Yeah. It's never about the money. It's always about the person who's handling it in that specific situation. So always give, never lend. This is The Ramsey Show. Guys, it's no secret that the real estate market is weird right now. So go with a mortgage company you can trust to have your back. Churchill Mortgage. Churchill is Ramsey trusted because they're stable, reliable, and focused on you. At a time when a lot of companies are being bought out or going out of business, count on Churchill Mortgage to stick around. They've been doing things the right way for over 30 years, and they'll keep doing them the right way for 30 more. Get started at churchillmortgage.com. This is a paid advertisement. NMLS ID 1591. NMLS Equal housing lender. 1749 Mallory Lane, Suite 100. Brentwood, Tennessee 37027. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. It is full shopping week, I feel like, for all of us the last two weeks. And so we actually have the Cyber Monday sale, you guys, going all week long. So all this week, we have extended our Cyber Monday sale, which means there's great gifts, meaningful gifts for your friends and family as low as $7. We have every dollar premium. You can get a gift card for that. Uh, for just forty nine ninety nine, wow. Financial Peace University's fifty nine ninety nine, um, things like the Junior's Adventure Storytime Collection fourteen ninety nine, the Goal Planner is for forty four ninety nine. So lots of stuff, lots of things from Jade, myself, Dr. John Deloney, Ken Coleman, Dave Ramsey, whatever it is about your faith, about your finances, your relationships, your career, you can check that all out at RamseySolutions.com slash store. Again, our week-long Cyber Monday sale is all week long, which is a beautiful it. thing. We love a good sale. Love My go-to sale. gift is that goal planner. I get that. I get several of them every year and give them out. Yes. Oh, it's beautiful. They're, they're so, so great. All right. Up next, we have uh, Marcial from the Woodlands in Texas. Hey, welcome to the show. Hi, guys. Thanks for taking my call. Such an honor being on the phone with you guys. Absolutely. Thanks for calling. How can we help? Okay, so uh, my wife and I have been listening to the Ramsey Show for the last six months. So we already read the books, and we are working on the baby steps. But our income is regular. She's starting a career as a real estate agent. I'm self-employed. I'm an entrepreneur. I have a business. And uh, we, we have some money saved up. We just have debt in cars. We have two cars. In one, we owe 15000 The other one, we owe 13000 We're getting rid of the $13,000 one, so we're just going to tackle the $15,000 one. My question is, since our income is so regular, is it smart to set aside instead of $1,000, just $5,000, and then throw the rest at the cars? And also, I have a, five, a small $4,000 student loan. Um, so that's the question. Is it smart to set aside instead of $1,000, $5,000, and then tackle with the rest of the money, the, the debt, and if we have a good month, then we, we throw extra on the debt, or, or what do you guys think about that? Yeah, I w okay, so with the irregular income, there's two ways that you could think of it. There's two ways I would think of it. Number one, if you're able to create a budget based on your worst month, like, right, you can look back in your self-employed job and go, okay, like, what's what's my worst month been over the course of the year? And your wife can look back and go, okay, what's my worst month been? And you can start to budget from there. And then you know, okay, like everything else is gravy. If you can make that work, then I would just do the normal $1,000 emergency fund as normal. Now, if you're like, no, we are really like, this thing is a crazy roller coaster. And the months that we don't do well, like nothing's happening. 
what I would do is there is something to be said for having money that you are carrying over from month to month. I wouldn't view it as an emergency fund so much as this is just living expenses. This is, yeah, this is just rollover from a previous month that I keep there almost like a cushion for my budget. Mm -hmm. um, and I think that's very normal for people who are on a regular income yeah. because there is such variance there. Um, the third part of this, I, I know I said there's two things, but there's three <laughs> things, Rachel. The third part of this is if you are going through such low valleys to such high peaks, or if you feel like there's a lot of low valleys, that might be an indicator that there needs to be another source of regular income coming in, at least until you can make this a little bit Have more steady. More stable, yep. Got it, got it. No, that, that's not the case because in a bad month, uh, we average five to six grand a month. Okay, so good. That's the worst month. Okay, that's, good. That's like a yeah, really, so really bad month. And if that's the case, and again, your expenses and everything can handle that, which I'm assuming so, then yes, $1,000 oh, yeah. is enough. Then that's mm -hmm. enough. So, uh, but yeah, okay. we call them, yeah, peaks and valleys kind of with the budget. And I mean, that's how Jade and I both are on commission that's is the way right. we're structured. And so some months it's like, oh yeah, it's been a great month. Some months it's like, nope, not much activity happening. Mm -hmm. And there it is. But that there's enough okay. in there to make sure that our bills are covered. Because we don't want you to get behind on your mortgage or not have money for food. I mean, yeah, we're, that's that's common sense. And yeah. we want to be able to have enough there. But if it is, then yes, Marcel, I would throw the rest. I would I would go down to that $1,000 emergency fund. Um, and then I would, for you, you, you named off a couple of debts, but I would... Um, can I would pay off that student loan, the four thousand? I'd get that out of the way first. Now, what did you say about the uh -huh. thirteen thousand dollar car loan? You kind of glossed over that and said, "But we're going to pay on the fifteen thousand. Well, yeah, that, that's the that's a car that was a, it was a mistake. It was a desperation uh, uh, purchase because my wife and I we filed for bankruptcy like a year ago, oh. and then uh, I lost my truck and and I had to buy a car and I bought a car, a Carvana at a twenty four percent interest rate, zero down because. It was, I needed a car. I needed to move her. I didn't have $2,000 to pay for that mm -hmm. car. So we bought that car, and we are a little bit upside down in it. Uh, so we're just going to uh, uh, sell it and pay the difference to get oh, okay. rid of that debt. So, okay. yeah, that's the plan for that car. Perfect. Well, that's great. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that sounds amazing. And good for you guys. I mean, coming mm -hmm. out of bankruptcy, um, out of that, and then a year later that you guys are like, hey, we got to clean this stuff up because – you know, that is one that is one part of money that is so crucial. And you talk about this a lot, Jade, in your quick read that, you know, money's not a math problem mm -hmm. is that, you know, so often we just try to fix the math. Yeah. And we try to go after the interest rate. We try to go after this. But realizing which, again, uh, Marcial, I feel like the light has come on for him and his wife where he's like, oh, we're the problem. Like, yeah. we are it. So we're going to have to do some things to change our behavior when it comes to money, because that's that's really the crucial part of winning. That's right. And I know that we talked earlier about even those nitpicky things. Like it's really easy to go, oh, that that doesn't matter much. I can do it like that or that's not going to be a big deal. But even with him saying, hey, should we put the five thousand dollars aside as, you know, our emergency fund, even that you kind of really have to go in there and go, wait a second. If I pile all this money together, there's really no differential between what's an emergency and what's a month to month expense. Yep. And before you know it, you're going to be plowing through that quote unquote savings. Mm -hmm. And so even just making sure that when you say, OK, I'm going to follow this plan, that you follow it and you go, OK, this is my thousand dollar emergency fund yes. that goes over there. And then if I have to have an extra cushion in my budget, there's, you know, a thousand dollars or whatever that needs to be in my budget. And it is for month to month expenses is not to go to the mall, like yep. really cl making clarity around those categories in our mind and understanding that 
so much of it, like you said, is is about how we're framing it in our mind. That's this right. money is for this. This money is for that. And I stick to my word, period. Right. Yes. So, so good. Yeah. So money's not a math problem. Jade's quick read. It's at RamseySolutions.com. But she explains so much of this in depth and it's so good. Yeah. yeah. All right. Up next, we got Laurie in Nashville, Tennessee. Hey, Laurie, welcome to the show. Hi, how are you? We're doing great. How can we help? Um, yeah, so I have $9,000 in student debt. Um, it's my only debt that I have. I have my car paid off and everything. Good for you. Um, I was recently unemployed, but I just got a job, so I'm thinking more about how I can pay off that debt. Um, I have money in index funds and ETFs. Um, I only have about 5000 in there, so I'm just wondering if I should start paying down my student debt with that money or if I should leave some of that in there um, just as a little cushion because I don't have much more savings than what's in there. Okay. Um, so Yeah, well, yeah. good for you. That's great. Uh, yes, I think these are great options to go ahead and cash out. If it's non-retirement then cash out everything to throw at the debt, which is which is huge because that'll get you down to $4,000 left. But I do want to make sure you have at least a $1,000 emergency fund and you can put that in a money market account or a high yield savings and just kind of set that aside. So if that's money that has to come out of one of these funds, I would do that. So cash these out, take $1,000, put it aside and then throw the remaining at the debt. Because do you have any extra savings at all, Lori? Um. I am going to get my first paycheck soon. So I think I'll have some leftover in that. So Good. I think maybe I'll be able to build it pretty quickly if yeah. I don't spend yeah. a lot anywhere else. Yeah, <laughs> that's great. Yeah. So um, I would definitely, yeah, definitely go ahead and just cash those out. And again, make sure double check on taxes with any capital gains or any growth that you have um, from those. But um, yeah, use that to pay off debt, which is just, it's amazing. That's such a gift that, you, that you've done that. And then use that same, those same savings goals and kind of muscles that you have after you pay off that debt to save up a fully funded emergency fund and then go on to retirement investing and on forth and then you know vanguard and index funds and all that can come back in the picture later on but for now i would use it to get out of debt well done laurie this is the ramsey show hey guys it's rachel you've heard me talk about christian healthcare ministries a health cost sharing ministry But I want you to hear from one of their members. Abby racked up a lot of doctor bills with a recent pregnancy, but she said CHM shared all of her eligible pregnancy-related medical expenses and their staff was consistently attentive, helpful, and considerate. That's Abby's CHM story, and it could be yours. Learn more and join chministries.org slash budget. That's chministries.org slash budget. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with my good friend and Ramsey personality, Jade Warshaw. And we're taking your calls. It's a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225. Up next, we have Kevin in Los Angeles. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the show. Howdy. Thank you for taking my call. So I'm kind of calling out of desperation, not for myself, but uh, for my parents, they just pretty much had their whole world turned upside down the past week. Oh, what happened? So my dad, he's an owner-operator. He drives a truck and a semi, a CDL. And so last week he was stepping out of his truck and took a wrong step, fell down the concrete, mm. got hurt real bad, um, kind of tried to tough it out. And instead of going to the hospital, he went home instead and 
when he was home, he was dealing with pain. And so he took a, a painkiller thinking that would help. Uh, and then he decided to call the insurance company, see if he can get some type of workman's comp or whatever. And uh, they decided to do a urinalysis on my dad, which he would end up popping positive for painkillers. Oh, and gosh. and this was last week. Had no idea this was happening. Went back to work. And on Sunday, I believe, he was in an accident. It wasn't his fault. Someone else ran in front of him in his semi. And uh, they towed away his truck. And as he's trying to figure out how to get back home to Dallas, where my parents live, back to happen in Oklahoma, he gets a call from the company he, he leases on to find out that he is no longer allowed to drive because he failed his drug test. And they fired him from the business. And so in the matter of a whole week, my dad lost his entire career. And he's in debt. They have no emergency fund. They're behind on the mortgage. They've been living on credit. And my oh. sisters and I do not know how to help our parents out. Wow. Oh, wow, Kevin. Wow, wow. Oh, I'm so sorry. That's, it's like the worst chain reaction yeah. that could happen, happens. Right, my right. Goodness. And then there's no way for him to dispute any of this. I mean, there's, yeah, I mean, I, we, do you, you just have to like take it as is. I mean, there's no. Yeah, I mean, it, and it's the worst because if you were to know my father, my dad's never done drugs in his life. He doesn't even drink alcohol, none of that. Legit, the man was in pain, just trying to go back to work. And my sisters and I didn't realize why he was trying to go to work so bad until it came. He came out clean, saying, "Hey, I've been living off of credit. Like, I have to be out on the road making money because I got all this debt I got to pay off." I do have one question, and this is maybe neither here nor there, but did he have a prescription that he can say like, Hey, I, I was given this. Yeah. He, and it, it's just, it's an, it's an expired uh, prescription, but uh, yeah, he broke his back a couple of years ago and that's where it came from. Shoot. And we've all done that. That's crazy. Oh gosh, Kevin. Yeah. Okay. So you're wanting to know how to best help your parents yeah, we're, we're actually we're having a family meeting tonight yeah. and you know my sisters and my family they're all in dallas i live in california and we're just we're just trying to figure out like what do we do you know like how do we keep our parents afloat yeah through this whole process and i one thing i didn't realize but which my sister told me earlier today is like they're even behind on their mortgage and no one had any <laughs> oh, idea man. okay where are you guys at financially kevin you we're, and your sisters and like how is everybody we're I mean, we're we're all okay, right? Um, my wife and I, we do okay. We both work full time, and we have a little bit extra. Um, you know, we've talked about possibly supporting them. My sister's the same way. You know, I mean, we're, we do we don't have a ton extra, but we do have a little bit. Yeah, and, um, yeah. So, like, you know, we want to help our parents. But sure. At the same time, you know, like, yeah. What, what and, do we do? Yeah, my my knee jerk, I would love to, Jade, I would love to know your thoughts on this. So my knee jerk reaction is first and foremost, Kevin, you have to take care of your family, your mm -hmm. wife, your kids, right. same with your sister, right? I mean, that, that that's your priority above all else. So I never want someone to get in a financial situation where their own family is suffering because of parents or extended family, right? Um, right. But if you got, I mean, I there's a part of me that would say, yes, I think a, if you guys have the means to at least be able to help the mortgage side of it and let them not fall further behind. Um, and again, it's not putting yourselves in a situation, in a dangerous situation financially, but if you guys are able to help float that, um, you know, I would totally be okay with that. But I do, 
in long term though, Kevin, this isn't gonna you're not gonna be able to fix your parents, right? There's right. long term, they're gonna have to be the ones that say, We did this. Yeah. Our habits are terrible when it comes to money. Yeah. We have to handle our money completely differently to get different outcomes, all of that. Like, no, there's nothing in your power and your sister's power to help save them long term. I'm thinking about the exactly. short term, like yeah. with like you know, December 15th coming up, you know, like if like for them to be able right. to keep their house. Um, what are things that you guys could do? And I would be comfortable as a gift, not to loan, but to say, hey, here's a set amount of money that you and your wife, Kevin, feel comfortable with. If your sister wants mm -hmm. to have that same conversation with her family, and I would probably put a set amount of money and just say, this is what we have, and pile it together and say, this will help them mm -hmm. you know, for three months, uh, catch up to the mortgage, maybe even that. Like If there's anything in that vein, I would be very comfortable with you guys doing that if you and your wife agree on that but um but as far as a long-term play i mean he's obviously gonna have to find a different job uh hopefully in the same industry i mean i guess it's on your record i mean i i don't know how that how much that kind of thing follows you yeah there's for, uh, like a rehabilitation process but still it's a process and it takes time right yeah and yeah how much so time like, do you know just, uh it can take anywhere from like a month to three months okay um which That's, is fine, but yeah. the issue is like they have no emergency fund. It's like, how are they supposed to get through? Yeah, he's going to have to do something. I mean, he'll have yeah. to drive Uber or like, you know, have some, right. and your mom probably, your mom's going to have to step up and do something as well. They don't have any kids at home, right? You guys are no, all grown. No, yeah. How old are they? Yeah, we're all grown. How old are they? Your uh, mom and dad? 62. Okay. Yeah, 62. they can. Yeah, work. they're going to have to both just, I mean, whether they're putting together side hustles or whatever it is, I mean, they're going to have to have some level of income coming in to eat. Um, mm -hmm. And, and it's just, and Kevin, I, I think too, like it's, it is a hard reality when you become the grown child looking right. at your That's parents right. and thinking, oh my gosh, exactly. like I'm now I'm switching roles and I'm having to take care of, right. And people find that physically having to take care of parents, financially, emotionally, I mean like all of mm -hmm. this. Right. And so mm -hmm. I yeah. do think that there's um, some boundaries there and you know, you want to be, you want to do this well, but um but yeah, as far as them, yeah, like you said, they have no savings, they have nothing. So they have to, ha a reality check is going to have to hit them, which I'm sure it has, where they're like, wow, we're going to have to do things we never thought we we're going to have to do. And we're But what do you feel, Jade, about, about him and his sister helping catch up to the mortgage if they have the margin themselves? What do you think? Look, I think that, in the, I think that I, ideally that's what you want to do. I think the hardest part in all of this, I think there's two really difficult parts. If you're the spouse, being on board with that and going, okay, we're, I mean, because we're talking about thousands of dollars. Yes, yes. Um, and knowing that this has got to be a gift. It can't, I mean, we talked about this last segment. It's got to be a gift. It can't be, hey, borrow this money from us. And when you get back on your feet, you'll give it back. If you guys agree to do this, it's got to be a gift because especially in the in the situation that your parents are in, yeah, they can't give that, this money back. Yeah, <laughs> like they and you don't, don't have it. Right. And you don't want that exactly. hanging over you, Kevin. And so the spouse right. is being on board. I, I, I see two dynamics that have the ability to be kind of funky, but I think you can navigate this. A, the spouse. B, you've got siblings. And so there might be this feeling of like, well, we're giving this. What are you guys giving? And just that, that dynamic, dynamic yep. of, is it fair? Who's giving more? I feel like you guys could have done more. Like, I think you guys are really going to have to put on your, and it sounds like you do, like yeah. it sounds like you're all adults here, but keeping on that truly like big boy and big girl hat of we're coming to, to the rescue yes. here. Um, mm -hmm. And then I think there's another part of this that's got to be really firm and especially in the siblings' minds of it's really easy to focus on this and go, what happened to my parents is my dad fell out of the truck and 
then he, you know, took a painkiller and like tell that whole story to yourself. But really what the story is over the course of their entire lives, our parents have not handled their money well. And you've honestly got to focus on that being the story. Otherwise, the other story, you feel the guilt the of sympathy. having yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Yep. oh, we got to care for that. I mean, my dad just fell. And, yep. and so really being able to reconcile that in your mind is going to be really important going forward because this is not going to be a short term right. situation. Yeah, Kevin, hold on the line. I'm going to give you a membership of Financial Peace University and Every Dollar Premium to give to your parents as a gift from us to at least get them some basic knowledge of how to handle money. And they're 62 and change is hard for anyone, but especially... Those 16, 70-year-olds is changing decades of it. But uh, hold on the line. Kelly's going to pick up, and we're going to gift that to them. I'm so sorry, Kevin. Thanks for calling. Hey, guys. Whether you're starting on a card table like I did or well on your way to becoming a multi-million dollar company, NetSuite can help your team communicate and plan ahead better, like they do for Ramsey. Let me tell you, NetSuite really helped us get our systems together. And more than 37,000 other companies also use NetSuite to know their numbers and their business better. So check out NetSuite today and find out how they can help you become the business you want to be five or 30 years from now. And right now you can download NetSuite's free KPI checklist designed to give you consistently excellent performance at netsuite.com Ramsey. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. Uh, So Jade and I were talking about Christmas and I guess, was it you were on a webinar? What was it that happened? And you thought, oh my gosh. Well, it's, you know, it's that time of year. So it's the media hits and we've done a couple. They've been like, hey, can you write a couple of articles on this? I'm like, yes. And I keep going back to the same thoughts. So the idea is it's Christmas time, right? And so many of you listening and we've all been there where it's like, I've got bigger fish to fry yes. this year, right? Whether it's paying off debt or you've got real savings goals that you're trying to hit or whatever it is financially that is very important to you as a priority. Sometimes Christmas can really throw you off of your goals. Um, and specifically when it comes to getting out of debt, it can really be just that thing that's like, oh, it's a damper, right? Because yeah. it's like you want to participate in that traditional way where you're giving gifts and you're doing all the things But the reality is, if you want to stay on track and you want to hit your goals and you want to be responsible, you can't always do all of that. And so what does that look like? Does it mean that Christmas is canceled and we're never going to get to, you know, it's like you can really go into that mopey side of it. But I just over the years and for those of you listening who do know my story, you know, like when you're paying off debt, it's tough. And for those of you who don't know the story, like when Sam and I were paying off, you know, four hundred and four hundred sixty thousand dollars of debt you have to embrace, Rachel, a whole new set of values and truths when it comes to the holiday season if you want to get out of it unscathed with your peace intact and with your money and your budget intact. And so, like I said, I've been writing some budgets about uh, some articles about this. And I just want to share with you and the folks listening some of the truths that I've embraced. And hey, poke holes in it. Like if you're like, Jade, that is so Scrooge or that is so like unrealistic. Hey, be my guest, but I'm just going to tell you what worked for me. Um, the first thing on my list is, and this is just to set you guys free. So if you want to be free, embrace it. You do not have to buy a gift for someone simply because they bought a gift for you. Oh, yes. Like I would agree with that. I used to be that person that would buy, like I'd go to Target and buy like a couple of inexpensive things just to have them on hand. So when someone gives you a gift, you can give it to them. Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I finally was like, you know, I, in my church, there's a lot of folks that I'm friends with and there's like a lot of people in my circle. 
And it was just getting to the point that I was like, I am giving 50 gifts, like literally. Totally, yes. 50 gifts, like, and I was like, I'm not doing it anymore. I would agree with that one. I'm with you on that yeah. one. Because, and I think it takes away, it almost can be in this, if you're in that mindset constantly, sure, it probably comes out of from a good place originally, but then it just becomes, a, okay, you give me this, here, this. Yeah. It's like the switcheroo thing that doesn't, you weren't even expecting. Yeah. It wasn't even a gift, like you said, that you bought for that person because you saw it and you right. thought, you know what, I'm going to do it. It's just this general idea. So, we're, yes, that's And then good. a lot of times it's kind of like, honestly, it's kind of junky. Yeah. Like, it's kind of like. It's like another candle. Uh, yeah, it goes in the candle drawer. Yes. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, so then this one, um, this is what one of the things that Sam and I embrace in our family. Draw names. Yes, we do this. Draw names. On both please. sides. Yes. Because on my side of them, it was, I have three siblings, then two nephews, then my mom and dad, then Sam's mom, his two sisters, their one, two, three, four, five, seven kids. Like, a, there's a lot. Yes. So my thing is like, okay, draw names. Kids, get them gifts. But for the adults, like in your family, your nuclear and partially extended yes, family, yes. draw names. Yes. And can I tell you, everyone wants to do that too. They want to. They're well, like, they, oh no, really? Look, <laughs> some people, you know, some people Christmas is a sport for them. And they're like, they this, yeah, they want to buy gifts for everybody. And it's not that they're mad at you, but in some way they kind of feel like it's ruining Christmas for them for there not to be a zillion gifts from everybody. Yes. Oh, that's funny. Do you know what See, I mean? When we talked about it all as adults, siblings, this was years ago. Because we've done this for probably 10 plus years. I remember someone had that, that said that. Mm -hmm. And it was separate conversations on both sides, Winston's side and, <laughs> and our side. And all of us were like, thank you. Because for me, honestly, I'm just like, I. It, it's it's the amount of time. Time. the Everything. And I'm like, everyone's already stretched thin. And especially yes. when you have kids and all of it. So... We found it's great. So we did, we do a dollar amount. And okay. we say, here's the budget for it. Love it. That everyone feels good about. And then, you know, what we stopped doing on Winston's side of the family. We stopped telling like, oh, send me what you want. Like text me something. Yes. We stopped that. So then your creativity has to kick in. So the thoughtfulness is in that because you have to think I through like, they haven't asked for this. Yes. I'm not clicking a link that they sent me. I am, I'm, I have to figure out something for them. And it's great. I love that. I'm going to add that to the list because- it also pulls back expectations yes. because it's very different if someone has said, um, and by the way, I want blah, 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 blah. And you're in your mind, like calculating the cost of that. And you're like, crap, that's not what I planned on spending. Yes. Then you are automatically feel an obligation to yep. get them that. Whereas if it's just literally adults being adults, that's right. then that doesn't exist. Which brings me to my next point. You don't have to buy gifts for adults. <laughs> They're grown. They have their own money, their own job. If they want a new blender, they can go buy it. They do not need you to go buy them slippers. Like they can buy their own slippers, Rachel. And that's okay, the thing. Are you saying from parents to adult kids? What are you, what are you saying? Because Sharon Ramsey this year, y'all, Sharon Ramsey was like, I don't think I really want to do Chris. I, I, y'all don't. You sound like Sharon. Y'all don't need anything. Y'all are adult. You don't need anything. And my sweet mother-in-law, she's like, here's your budget every year. So oh. she, so we still get gifts from Winston's parents. I don't think we get any from the Ramseys this year. I really don't. But here's the thing. Are you mad? Like, are you like, oh my gosh. Well, they're in they Egypt didn't right now. And I'm like, well, <laughs> have fun across the continent. We'll see y'all on the 25th evening. No, oh, no, we're not mad. We're not mad. It, it's, uh, it's just funny. Rachel's may, like, I'm a little there salty. May have been, no, there may have been a gift. I will, the person shall not be named. Texted to my mom. 
And she texted back, yeah, I'm not sure we're going to be buying gifts this year, but thank you. Wow. (laughs) I love it. That person will not be named. I am here for that. Look, if you're trying to get out of debt. Now, especially, yes. Yeah. If you're getting out of debt and if you're getting out of debt and there is an adult in your life who is mad that you didn't get them a gift. Okay, but what if you're living like no one else? The later you can live and give. Then it could be a little, little questionable. That's questionable. Oh, that's so good. I love it. All right. Again, (laughs) this is for folks getting out of debt or have extreme goals that they're trying to hit. Um, Here's the other thing that I've embraced. Okay. If you don't live by me, like in my city, to where I can put the gift in your hand, I am not sending out a gift to you. You're off the list. You're off my list. Yes. Because I'm like, we're not even, we don't even live by each other. Just like family, friends. What are you thinking? Yeah. I'm thinking like, Friends that live far off, your great aunt that you haven't seen, she lives in New York, you know, that kind of thing. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. You're off the list. Like, you're not seeing them on a day to day. Send them a Christmas card. Look at Kelly's face. Kelly may disagree with you. Kelly, what do you think? Girl, we're getting out of debt, Kelly. She doesn't have a mic that can talk for good reason. (laughs) Yeah, she probably, don't cuss me out back there. I can read your lips. I don't think I, I don't know if I have ever, ever as an extreme statement, but genuinely, I don't think I've ever gotten like a, package delivered to my door and I open it and there's like a Christmas gift in there. I, that's never, I don't think it's ever happened. Maybe because we all have family in town. Because closer. Yeah. Is that, has that happened to you? Is that what you're thinking? Like you go wrap a gift and then you FedEx it to well, someone? Well, all of my siblings, except now that I've moved, but most of my siblings live out of state. And it's like, I'm like, y'all don't have to send me a gift from California here. Like, yes, yes. I'm gr- like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm like, if you're in debt, I'm grown. Like I said, I can buy I love it. my own bed, bath and beyond. You know what I'm saying? So, okay. That's the next one. Babies. Okay. Do not need gifts. Okay. <laughs> Babies don't need gifts. Let me tell you what I did. Actually, they have no clue. It is kind of true. You honestly. can literally it's take a true. gift, Rachel, and rewrap it. They don't know. They I think, should... oh, this is great. I can just pull the paper off. They play with the paper, Rachel. What age is baby to you? Three? Oh. Three and up? Um, Are you three and younger? I think two. two. I think two. two's the cutoff for being able to do that. I will say, when you have one baby and they're 18 months old, they have no clue. That is, I, they that's don't fair. know. That is fair. Like my daughter that's is fair. three and a half. I could not do that with her. Like she, she would they know. know. Yeah, like, yeah, I yeah. Think, yeah, we're out of the woods. There. Yeah, I think like yeah. the end of two, like getting up to two is like where where you'd have to cut that off. Yes. All right. So babies don't need gifts. <laughs> what I would do, I would focus on like the children in your life that are ages three to eighteen. Yep. That's that's where that's the guilt trip you don't want to go on. Like yeah. you need to get those folks <laughs> gifts. That's how we end it. <laughs> That's so where good. you want to be generous. It's the truth. <laughs> Man, Jade. I would just, have loved to look at like a list of all the people in Jade's life that could have gotten a gift and then just scratch them off one by <laughs> one until it's like five people. Make it feel good. <laughs> so great. Oh, well, thank you, Jade, for going to see this hour. Thanks to everyone in the booth for making this happen. And thank you, America, for listening. Remember to take control of your money and create a life you love. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work that they love, and create amazing relationships. I am Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with my good friend and Ramsey personality, Jade Warshaw, and we are here to answer your questions about life, money, relationships, career, anything and everything. So give us a call. It's a free call anywhere in the country at 888 825 Five two two five. Up next, we have, or up first, I should say, we have Kristen in Houston, Texas. Hey, Kristen, welcome to the show. 
Hey, thank you very much for taking my call. Absolutely. Um, How can we help? Well, my husband and I are in uh, in a financial transition. So we've been paying off our credit card debt for like the last two years. We've been chasing our tail with it. We're due to pay off our credit card debt by the end of December, maybe the beginning of January. Okay, coming up. So, yeah, yeah. Congrats. Excited. This has been, thank you. It's been crazy. Yeah. Okay, so our next phase that we want to do is work on building our savings for down payment and closing costs to purchase real estate within the next year or two. This year, we made two big decisions. Well, actually, we made two big purchases and one big decision. We've, we're renters right now, and um, our rent was going up. And my husband and I decided, okay, let's go ahead and move into an RV. Well, I already had one that was paid off. I traded that in, and we purchased one. And so that's what we're doing right now is we we have a brand-new RV, and we pay space rent. So that's our housing. Then uh, my truck, which was his truck is paid off, my truck is paid off. But my truck ended up needing like $15,000 of maintenance and repairs in the last year and a half. Just to turn right around, have another $1,500 repair, and we said, forget that. We need an upgrade truck for the RV anyway. And so we went ahead and made uh, a purchase for a, a truck to pull the RV. How much did you spend? The, uh, 50, we owe $56,623 on it right now. $56,000? Uh, hold hold hold. Did you say you bought a truck for 56000 Yes, it's a 2021 um, F-250 diesel for $58,000. I'm shook. It was a deal. <laughs> it was a great deal. But our monthly note is nuts. Um, we've already and, done that with our budget and all. So. And Kristen, I'm going to just ask the assumption. It's on payments. Mm, yeah. Yeah. The payment. The payment is uh, nine forty six and some change. Woo! And we had to. Yeah, it's nuts. We wait, had, no, uh, hold, hold, first... wait, hold on, hold on, hold okay. on. I gotta call you okay. out slightly. Yeah. It's the Christmas yeah. season, so I'm going to be a little bit lighthearted. <laughs> First, you said it was a great deal. Then you just now turn around and said it's nuts. And just for the record, it is nuts. It is. Y'all just are about to pay off all this credit card debt. You had two paid for trucks. I'm just spelling this out for you. Well, here's. Here's the thing is, uh, we, we, we thought about this. We went through the budget. We, uh, we did the budget on the net income, not gross and how we could afford all of that. And so we have it all in the budget, and uh, everything together with the truck, the RV, and the space rent, we're at about $2,100, okay? The, uh, his truck is a 2012. My truck used, was a 2011. And Don't. high mileage on both of them, we cannot pull the RV with um, either one of his or mine. The difference is, and the so, hard part that you're going to realize is everything that you have that money tied up in is going down yeah. in value. And right. I understand that what you really want is real estate, but I don't think you guys went about the right way to get there. Probably not. But given our situation at the time, that's where we were at. Okay, A so how much husband- How much can you, let's just, um, real quick, Kristen, how much How much could you sell the truck for today? Uh, the 21 or the 2011? 21, the 56000 it would have to be fifty six six. Okay, so right around there. How much could you sell we're the not, RV? How, how much could you sell the RV for? Uh, right now it's sitting at forty three. So payoff would probably be around forty four, forty five. Okay, so you do realize your truck costs more than where you guys live, right? Okay, so. 
There's just parts of this formula, Chris, that I need you to see is not the wisest choice. And I need you to say, wow, we should not have we should not have done this because renting is not throwing your money away. What you guys did is you chose to take on more debt by getting an RV and then you chose to have to go deeper into debt to be able to move the RV. So you just dug yourself into a deeper hole thinking, you know, it was the wisest, smartest thing to do at that point. But mathematically, financially, it just wasn't. It wasn't. And so for you guys, you guys have have stepped backwards a lot in this process. So I almost would say like, I would I want everything to be wiped clean. You guys had such a great track record with the credit cards. Like you were paying down debt, no, paying down no, debt. No, 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 no. Let me, let me tell you right now that when we were renting, he was making lower income at the time. And we were actually in more debt over our Then you head. could have gone to a cheaper rent, Kristen. You could have. No, we couldn't. Wait, we were at, hold on, hold on, hold on. Rent, No. Wait a sec, wait a sec, wait a sec. Mm-hmm. Let me draw it back. <laughs> we can't help you if you don't want help. And here's no, the, here's what I want to, here's what I want to make clear. Rachel and I are going to look at this and we're going to go, hey, this is not the smartest choice. We want you to be free and we want you to be out of debt. Now, here's the difference, because I I agree with you in the way that renting, it doesn't feel good. It feels like we're throwing money down at you know, down a black no, hole. No, I could care less about renting. But, renting that doesn't bother me. I'm a real estate broker. I understand. Okay, but what you're so not understanding, not in- what you're not understanding here is it would have been better for you to rent because rent is not debt. And you're just looking at the payment per month, but you're not looking at the grand scheme of it, okay? Payment per month doesn't matter. It matters. Does that make sense? You're looking like, oh, $2,100, it's less. But I'm like, yeah, but you're forgetting about the 56000 the 43000 and then the land. Actually, $2,100 is more than what we were paying. How about month. this, Kristen? What, um, for you calling in, what was what was the main question? So you- my main question was you, okay, it's not changing what we're doing. I understand, you know, your philosophy and everything like that. And I understand what we've done. And there's reasons why we did it. Okay. Um, and, and I understand. Okay. I, I totally agree with you. Normal circumstances. Sure. Where we're at right now, okay, okay we'll be freeing up about $3,000 worth of money okay. every month once we pay off these credit cards, okay. which is about to be done at the end of the month and the beginning of next month, okay. maybe. Okay. We have $1,000 in savings every month, okay. and we have one month's reserves for bills, all of them. Okay. Okay? Okay. How would you best advise to put that $3,000 to our debt? Yeah. How much which, are you guys making a year, is, Kristen? Uh, in a year, his gross for this year is going to end up being, year to date, it's it's 121. 121. Okay. Mm-hmm. So um, he'll probably be about 130 uh, by, by the end of the month. And do you add anything to that as well? No, not right now. Okay. Um, I will, but so what I would do. So what I would do, Kristen, if you guys Mm -hmm. choose, we just say not to have. I know things and motors and wheels. That is more than half of your annual income. So if it were me, Kristen, I would be selling these two things: the truck and the RV. Like I said earlier, I'd go rent somewhere, free up this money, save up a good down payment for you guys to get a primary home for you and your husband. After three to six months of expenses, I'd put that in a money market account. If you don't want to do that, then the next move is you have to start paying off this RV, which is $43,000, and then you need to pay off the truck before you ever think about real estates. This is The Ramsey Show. I saw some recent financial statistics, and there was some pretty troubling news. 
When families were asked how long it would be before they faced financial hardship if a spouse died, nearly one-third said they'd be in trouble immediately. Another 44% said they'd be financially drained within six months. People, it does not have to be this way. Term life insurance plans are just plain cheap, and companies have made it even easier by not requiring exams in many cases. There really is no excuse to leave your family in this situation by not having life insurance. This is why I talk about Xander Insurance every day. They're committed to protecting families with the only products that I recommend, and their team keeps the entire process simple and affordable. Go to Xander.com for quick online pricing or call 800-356-4282. This has to be a priority. If your family is in this situation, you need to get this done. So Jade, I kind of wanted just to circle back. That's, I feel like, a phrase we all said during COVID. I'll circle back. Circle back. <laughs> um, to that last caller, Kristen. And, you know, I think what's what can be so hard is we can ourselves talk ourselves into something and into situations. Yeah. And be so clouded by maybe our own judgment, our own ways of thinking, that we keep digging ourselves deeper into mm-hmm. a hole. Mm-hmm. And you're thinking... You're on the outside yelling down and no, come out this way, come out this way. And I feel like that's what we were trying to do with her is just to show and understand. And it's just the numbers. There's parts of this that you just go back to just facts and and $900 a month car payment and, and, and everything. So, yeah, I mean, look, I, I am the first one to say when I hear that kind of talk, there's not much we can do because you've already kind of painted yourself into this corner of, my ex- my situation is the exception. And all of us can find somewhere where we can say that. But you've honestly got to commit to going, okay, I've got to just not make these excuses because all of us can say, well, the way my income is set up or well, because we were paying this in rent or well, because all of us can do that. Yep. And whenever you do that, you automatically exclude yourself from the solution. You automatically ostracize yourself from why a plan can't work for you. You just, you create, you're the exception. And if you want to take on that identity, then that's the identity you have. And nothing nothing we say is going to be able to help you. And I always hate when that happens because I'm a firm believer, Rachel, of the idea that whatever you look for, you find it. So if you're always looking for the reasons that you can't do it, then you never will. Yeah. But the moment you just say, okay, I'm going to open up my heart. I'm going to open up my mind a, a little bit. And just say, I'm going to try this plan. I'm going to try something different. Yeah, because look, and I don't say this to be anything but real. When I first heard your dad talk, he's brass, like he's strong, yes. like he comes across. And I remember thinking he's got more money than I do. He's he's figured it out. He's not living paycheck to paycheck. He's not in debt. I am. So I'm just leaving leave it, <laughs> leave it at that. I'm just leave it at that because at the end of the day, it's like, that's where you have like, that's the way you have to see it as, okay, like I'm still trying to figure this out. I haven't figured it out yet. Right, right. Someone who has gotten a handle on it is telling me, hey, here's what I did. And if you're not going to take advice from a person who's done it, then you're always going to be kind of like trying to fight your way out of a paper bag. Yep, yep. And like you said, the light, somebody's shining the light going, it's this way, it's this way. Yes. It's your choice. Yep, absolutely. So good. All right, let's go to uh, Heather there in Illinois. Hey, Heather, welcome to the show. Hey guys, how are you? Doing great. How can we help? Hey, 
Um, I'm actually like really excited I got on. Oh, I'm so, um, I'm so glad you're uh, here. <laughs> so my husband and I are in baby step number two, uh, trying to get rid of our debt. We have um, about $62,000 in consumer debt. Um, and we bring in um, like $6,200 a month after taxes and insurance and all that stuff. Um, so uh, we'd use every dollar budget, the premium, to map out our paychecks. And um, I was raised in church, so I was always taught that you give 10% of your uh, take-home pay back to church, like to the Lord, because it's His anyway. He's just giving it to us to manage. Mm-hmm. Um, so in doing that, I typically budget about $600 a month um, in tithing and after our expenses are paid for the month, we have about $150 extra to put towards our debt repayment. And we're pretty on fire to try to get rid of this debt. Um, so my husband got a work truck that he we don't have to pay for anything of it. He gets to drive it wherever he wants. That's awesome. Um, so we actually sold my nice car, <laughs> and I drive his old 2005 four-door truck nice because it's paid for yeah um so we are just trying to get after this and my question is do i can continue to give the 10 percent um to church at this moment or do i cut it down to five percent or just pause it to take the extra six hundred dollars to get rid of put towards our debt each month um I'm just kind of at an impasse. Like I kind of feel guilty doing that, but I don't know what else to do. Yeah. It's a, yeah, I think it's a, I think it's a fair question for sure. And what's funny, Heather is uh, we get, I get hate on my, the Rachel Cruz show for certain things. And recently it's been this, it's been giving. Really? People have not been happy with the fact that I am pretty set in my ways when it comes to the giving part. Because, wow. Yep. So Heather, what I would say, okay, so there's kind of two ways I look at giving. One is from more of a spiritual aspect, if you're someone of faith, and then people that are not, there's still a factor here. So so for me, giving in general, regardless of where you stand spiritually, it, it is a practice of character. Mm-hmm. For me, there is something about the continuation of giving and living with an open hand as a practice that I want ingrained in me so deeply, regardless mm-hmm. of where I am financially, because I am a big believer that as that becomes a habit and then you guys start winning, people think, well, if I just had more money, I, I would give and it would be easier. And the truth right. is, Heather, that's not necessarily the case. Sometimes when you get more money, it's almost harder. The, uh, hard, yeah, it's mm-hmm. easier not to give the opposite way, which sounds so backwards, but it's just crazy how our minds work. And I always want money to be in a healthy position in my life. And so to mm-hmm. have it far out with an open hand, um, that that's always my stance. And then if you are a person of faith, which you said you are, you know, I never want mm-hmm. any part of my faith walk to be legalistic. Legalistic stuff just it 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 it, it grosses me out. I hate it. I don't like it when people are like, you have to do yeah. this and this and this. You have to do read the Bible this often. Yeah. Like anything like that rules. I'm like, nope, I, I that's not my thing. Yeah. <laughs> so you I'm, go the I, opposite direction. <laughs> yeah, I'm not a legalistic person. So I don't want your giving from the spiritual lens to be out of legalism because that defeats, I think, the whole purpose of it. I think there's so much in scripture about being a cheerful giver and the why and the participation that we get to participate in something bigger of what God is doing. And I'm not a prosperity person either. I do not think that if you give, you will be given back 
monetarily always. I think sometimes God blesses us, but I don't think it's an A, B Mm -hmm. equals C thing there. But what I do see though, Heather, and I can say this with confidence, people that give, and I would say even people with faith, if you put that layer on top of it, there is a a sense of 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 joy there's a sense of peace there's something in there because it is bigger than just the paycheck that's hitting your accounts mm. the gifts mm-hmm. that you're giving the consistency of giving and giving back to the local church which is the tithe there is something there that i am choosing to participate in what god is already doing mm-hmm. and so for me it's it's yes the obedient factor but there's also the the joy the contentment learning to live with what you have that principle is kind of forced in there, especially on a tight budget like you guys are. Like, there's just so many of these character benefits mm-hmm. that come out mm-hmm. of giving that I can't, in good conscience, just say, don't do it. Now, I understand right. it, it is tight, and some people choose, Heather, and I think you're a big girl and you get to get off this phone call and you <laughs> guys get to decide. Some people choose to lower it. You know, they do certain percentages, but I, I do stick to that 10% because I think. I think the challenge of it is healthy. Mm-hmm. And I think the mm-hmm. habit that it causes in us is just, I just see so many positives. And yes, it may take longer to get out of debt mathematically, but I think it forces something in all of us uh, that I think we just need as humanity. Look, I, I'm i with Rachel, you know, and I can speak to you, Heather, too, because I, you know, getting out of debt. That, you guys, yeah, that, the, the long journey of it. It is the biggest temptation. Like, yep. and I'm going to speak to mm-hmm. it through that lens since you said you're a Christ follower. I'm a Christ follower, so we'll speak to it through that lens. But yeah. it is a temptation. Like, that's the first thing you go, well, nothing's going to happen. Like, nothing's going to happen. It's not like they're going to cut my lights off if I stop paying my tithe, right? And so, right. but I do think for us, like for Sam and I, it was an opportunity to really test God the way he says to. He's like, test me in this and see if I'm not going to throw open the floodgates and pour out a blessing that you won't have room enough to receive. And like Rachel said, you don't know that it's going to be money, but it will be a blessing, even if it's just the intentionality in your heart to keep going. Like he's going to hold up his end of this thing. And when you build his kingdom, he builds into you. And it's not like it's a quid pro quo, but it's something you get to participate in. And when you do that, the scripture does say that he does overflow that blessing. So we're saying stick with it, Heather. Stick with <laughs> it. All the way around. Such a great question, though. Thanks for the call. Today's question of the day is sponsored by Neighborly, your hub for home services. When was the last time you thought about your dryer vents? Clogged dryer vents are a cause of thousands of house fires every year. So let the experts at Dryer Vent Wizard clean yours. Visit neighborly.com slash Ramsey to schedule service today. Wow. Today's question comes from Brooke in Kentucky. She says, my husband listens to you every day, so it would be amazing if you would set one of us straight. Here we go. (laughs) We got into debt when we were in our early 20s. We found the baby steps and haven't looked back. Our home is almost paid off with no other debt. Kids have enough money in their college funds, and we put 15% of our pay into retirement. I've always been a stay-at-home mom, homeschool the kids, and work full-time from home. Way to go. Here's the problem. When we go on vacation, I want to stay in a nice hotel and a fancy room. I work very hard and am not happy unless this happens. My husband doesn't get it at all. He says, we just sleep there. Why spend the extra money? Financially, the extra cost is in the budget. I don't spend any money on myself. It's the one thing I want to splurge on. I want my husband to recognize my hard work and show his appreciation 
appreciation by getting the nice room. Who's right? If it's me, what can I say to make him really understand? Uh, oh my gosh. Number one, Brooke, you're yes, right. You are right. <laughs> oh man, you're right. Always, always splurge. For the, Here's the deal with a vacation. If you go back to a place you hate, it just takes away from the vacation. Yeah. Maybe I'm girl mathing this. But when you go to a place that you love, it, it cha- I'm like, I would cut on food before I'd cut on hotel. For me personally. Yeah. A nice hotel or a nicer hotel all day. Oh. All day. Look. And <laughs> Rachel, <laughs> look, I'm just... Listen, Jay and I have stayed in some really bad hotels in our in our days. Yeah. Don't do it. I'm not risking finding a hair in my bed. <laughs> I am not risking, you know, the way the sink looks when it's old and crust. Like, I just... Yep. It's not worth it. It's not a vacation. And especially if you have the money. Yeah. Okay, so Brooke, here's the thing. I want my husband to recognize my hard work and show his appreciation by getting all of this. This is y'all's money together. So, True that. So, like, him deciding all of it, I'm like, no, Doesn't you get feel right. you get an exact say in it. And sure, I want him to appreciate you and your hard work, regardless of vacations and hotel rooms. That's really it. Um, that was kind of the weird. That was I don't the like only that. Weird it's strand. like he gets to he gets to decide this and all of it. I don't like that. That was the only weird part about this whole thing is I don't I don't know that I view the vacation like when when Sam and I go on vacation. I'm not viewing it as this is your chance to appreciate me. Right. That's I'm, right. I'm thinking of like, okay, like this is our family's chance to get away. Yes. And in my opinion, the whole point of staying in a hotel is to be somewhere a little more luxurious than where you no. are. <laughs> right, right, right. And don't get me wrong. Everybody's budget is different. Yes, but yes. I, I mean, once she said it's in the budget, I'm like, give yes. me the green light. It's the green light. All day. I know. Hope. Brooke, we're on your team, and I think <laughs> your husband appreciating you or you wanting to feel more appreciated, whatever that looks like, is a conversation outside of the vacation conversation. But I try, And you could try and find a way to relate to him. Like, if whatever he's into that he would be willing to spend money on, yep. kind of try to find a way to parallel it. Like, if he's into, I don't know, like golf, just say, hey, like, you wouldn't want me to go buy you a... I don't know what is a nine iron like I don't know like try to find a way to relate it be like you don't want me to buy you a nine iron from Walmart so don't yeah don't don't try to buy me a you know and just kind of relate it to something he understands and he sees the value in yeah maybe that'll help that's good that's real good oh man yeah you know so then I know the value of Jade what our friend George Camel's new book Georgie boy he's got a book right now you guys on pre-sale called breaking free from broke so make sure to check it out he exposes some of the most common money myths and excuses out there like investing traps and mortgage myths and credit card schemes all of that so make sure to ramseysolutions.com slash store and pre-order that book it comes out in January and you get close to a hundred dollars of free items if you pre-order today so make sure to check that out and also Jade's quick read that is in the store as well money's not a math problem that's in there too so check that out ramseysolutions.com slash store all right up next we have Delaney in Washington DC hi Delaney welcome to the show hi guys thanks so much for taking my call you're so welcome how can we help So my husband and I are kind of going through a lot of transitions um, in life, and we have recently made some decisions that I'm not feeling so sure about anymore, so I thought I'd call in. Okay. Um, So for some background, he's 30, I'm 23. Um, We got married last year, and we now have a two-month-old baby girl. 
Um, we live outside of D.C., um, actually in Northern Virginia, um, and I was on maternity leave for a couple of months um, and then have now dropped my hours to part-time. Um, and with our annual household income, we just can't afford rent anymore where we currently are. Um, our lease is up at the beginning of January, and they were going to increase our rent by quite a bit. Um, so we were kind of figuring out where we want to be. Um, my husband is in defense contracting and, um, in a couple of weeks is going to be going completely remote. Um, so we kind of have a lot of leeway in terms of where we want to be, um, with him probably still having to make occasional trips into his office in Maryland, but, um, not very frequent. Um, I'm from Vermont, um, and have lived there up until last year when we got moved to Northern Virginia for my husband's work. My husband is from Houston. Um, and so we are we kind of found a place um, a little bit further out um, because we do really like the area we're currently living in um, to get a little bit more house to rent um, for cheaper. Um, But I mean, now we're just like crunching the numbers with what my take home pay is um, since I'm part time. And it's just, it's kind of stressing me out. It's still too much, I think. Um, And so we're just trying to figure out where we want to move. And I don't, feel like we have a lot of time to figure it out um, because our move is currently scheduled for next weekend. (laughs) Oh, wow. Wait, so where are you going? So we're going to be in still Northern Virginia, but out in Leesburg. It's like about an hour and a half away from here. Okay. And that plan is not feeling right still, right? Because of the rent? Yeah. um, And another big factor, I think, with with finances, um, and we're we're currently in baby steps too, but... Um, finances and also just it's it's definitely been a difficult transition um, me being a stay-at-home mom and now working part-time um, and not having any family close by um, mm. we have a few friends that we've made in the last year and a half we've lived here but it's been really challenging yeah. um, not having family and so I think that's another thing on my heart for what? sure go ahead is it for his like because he's going to be able to work mostly remote is that what you're saying yes yeah does does he want to move back? So he isn't really, we haven't found places in Vermont. Um, the renting market is horrible um, to be close to my parents. Um, they've offered to let us move in, but um, I mean, I would love to, but my husband is definitely not on board with that. Mm-hmm. Um, so he is okay with making it work um, at the new place out in Leesburg. Um, and, and he's also in school full time right now. So um, once he's graduating with his degree um, in like a year and a half, two years, jobs will open up quite a bit and then hopefully we'll be able to increase his salary by quite a bit. So we're still, you know, it's just, it's budget's going to be tight if we move there. Um, and then Houston is the other option. It's a lot cheaper, uh, no income tax, and we'd have his family close by. I've visited Houston many times um, since we started dating and I just, every time I'm there, I just can't wait to leave. Yeah, it's, so it's, it's an acquired taste. For sure. It's just really, it's it's really hard for me to... Okay. You know, so Delaney, we're up against the clock. Great, so I but, hate to cut you off. I hate okay. to cut you off. But um, so what I would say is that for on the financial aspect, I think it's going to be really imperative that you guys find something that's at least, you know, 25% of your take-home pay. And I think that's going to relieve a lot of that feeling of, oh my yeah. gosh, how much do I have to work? You know, and hit, like that financial stress. Mm-hmm. But also Delaney, I'm like, this is... You and your husband, you guys have to figure out what do we value? What do we want out of our life in the next season? Do we mm-hmm. want to be close to family? Um, I mean, how much of this is 
you know, you guys having to transition into like a, it's a different life, right? When you're married right. with, a, with a baby, it's, it's, it's a grown up world now. Yeah. And if you want to stay home full time, part time, you've got to set yourself in a situation where you can actually do that. And that there's going to be some form of sacrifice, yeah. whether it's where you live, how much you work. If he's in school now or saves it for later, there is going to be a sacrifice that has to be made. You guys have to decide which one it is. All right, let's cut to the chase. It's easy to get discouraged about crazy house prices and interest rates. But when you have the right real estate agent to help you buy and sell the right way, you'll have confidence to make smart decisions. Ramsey trusted agents aren't just experts who guide you through buying or selling. They're someone you can trust to have your back from the first call to closing day. Find a Ramsey trusted agent near you at RamseySolutions.com slash agent. RamseySolutions.com slash agent. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show. I am Rachel Cruz hosting this hour with Jade Warshaw and taking your calls. Uh, just your friendly reminder, you guys, as everyone's doing their Christmas shopping, make sure to go to ramseysolutions.com slash store because we have our Cyber Monday sale all week long this week. And it's everything from Every Dollar Premium for $49.99. You can get a gift card and even give that as a gift. Uh, audiobooks as low as $7, uh, Junior's Adventure Storytime Collection for $14.99, books from myself and Dr. John Deloney and Ken Coleman and Dave Ramsey, uh, books in there that are, yeah, as low as, you know, $10 sales, some $20. So make sure to check that out at RamseySolutions.com slash store as you are doing your Christmas shopping. All right, up next, we have Melissa in Minneapolis. Hey, Melissa, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you guys so much for taking my call. Absolutely. I really appreciate it. How can we help? So um, my husband's about to file bankruptcy. And mm. to the best of my knowledge, my name will not, I don't have to. This is related to a business um, line of credit that when he took it out with a former business partner, he signed a personal guarantee. I don't know oh. that he was super aware of the implications to that at the time. Mm. Um, it, that happened, I think back in like 2018 and then the business shut down with COVID, oh. um, with an insurmountable line of credit that at the point just was not able to be paid back. We've been working for, um, since 2020 with a lawyer to reach a settlement and try to, you know, do the best that we can to pay some of this back, at least to the bank. And they've denied us every time How much um, is it? to a point now at 800,000. Oh, Melissa, I'm so, so sorry. Half would, be, it's, half would be his, half would be the partner, but, you know, they don't really, they're not looking at it individually at this point. Um, uh-huh. and, and so at this point... Do you feel confident that, do you feel confident that working with the lawyer, you will be able to get them to cut it in half, basically? He's not, at all the conversations with the lawyer, he's like, been, like we had a call yesterday and I'm like, is there any other option and he's like do you have 800,000 I'm like nope <laughs> we certainly don't what's the business partner um, doing or the ex-business partner I guess oh we don't really have a relationship any longer so I don't oh. know um and I don't know that they you know would have it either to be honest I'm not sure we really have no idea so, so are they on the line for um, this or just your husband nope they, they are too so they've also been working with a lawyer we just don't have any like personal relationship okay, outside of that. So okay, but the expectation though is that he has to come up 
and I see that they're seeing it as a whole 800,000, but if there's a business, if there's another person whose name is on the loan too, that doesn't Correct. factor so into it. So they either like both are filing bankruptcy or they both have to come up with, you know, half. Um, so the partner so, is going to be filing, filing bankruptcy as well. Correct. Yeah, okay. to the best of our knowledge. So you do know yeah. that. Okay. okay. And just to clarify, is that what the court is saying, that they both have to take the same course of action? Or if the partner files bankruptcy, does your does you and your husband still have the ability to just pay off the 400000 if you choose to, like on your own time? No, if, if, it has if to one be. files bankruptcy, then it would be the entire. So then oh. that's where it would be 800 So so I'm like, can we, like, if we take the whole thing, will they have a little more pity on us? Like we, we've asked to settle. We've, you know, offered different lump sums. We've offered different payment plans over, you know, six years. Or like, can we pay like 200,000 of this over the Mm -hmm. course of five, six years? They've, and and in lack of better terms, they've actually, this has been, like I said, since 2020, they've, the attorney's are Uh quite young for the bank and they keep changing. So we've been ghosted for like nine, 10 months at a time. Where we're like, oh, this might actually just, there's a statute, um, I guess, that we were like, well, we might actually hit that. And this might just disappear. What's (laughs) the statute? They keep dropping the ball. Um, It's got to be at least a decade. It was six years from what we had heard. Um, We were about halfway through, but then they they did do a, they filed um, last December 31st. They filed something. I'm not exactly sure the terminology, but essentially they filed that, which gave us one year. But then come this December 31st, had they not responded, which they hadn't until last week, it would have been dismissed. But then they came back next week and they were like, all right, this is, you have till December 8th. Is, is the balance growing or is it like, is it frozen? Uh, it, there is, it, there's interest growing on it, but they're not really pursuing that for some reason. They're more just going after the lump sum of like kind of when the business shut down it, it looks like i mean because the, the total on the last statement i got was over nine hundred thousand, oh but they're asking gosh. for like 817 so what so, chapter are they going to put you guys in do you know well that i'm when i've read about it i'm thinking seven yeah um just because of the ability to pay this back and everything else that goes along with 13 yeah um it seems like seven is our option the the stick to that is like we were just about to pay off our cars. <laughs> like we don't have other debt. And this just feels wrong, but yet we also just signed don't have it. That I mean, yeah, and that money. and that's a little bit of that hard reality of and and my and dad Dave talks about this a lot with you know right. his story of bankruptcy. Yeah, where I mean, like there's there's a truth that it feels like the system. It's like man, make it half. And we, you know, what I mean, like yeah. the, like the system part of it is frustrating. Um, right. But then at the end of the day, and this is this is what happens, you know, when when you sign your name to something and as heartbreaking and terrible right. as it is, um, yeah. <laughs> it is what happens. How is how is he doing, your husband? He, he's actually, I mean, his attitude toward it is much better than mine. I'm like, this is pain and anguish. This is devastation. He's like, yeah, this really stinks. He's like, but we have to just move on. Like, this is going to happen. It's going to be wiped out. He's like, and we just move on. He's like, we're almost on cash anyways. Yeah. That's what we're, that was our goal. That's where we want to go. So we're almost there. And then our, the attorney said that you basically, once we file, it stops the bank from being able to like, 
do anything to us about this 800 right garnish wages He's like, and then the next day you can just move on you know i'm like we just move on i'm like okay but the i guess the the kind of things that we're not super clear about or that we're being told by the attorney to do one thing and that i don't agree with is like our cars we so we have some loans on our cars but the way our income works is my husband kind of makes like large chunks of money at a time so we'd be able to pay off like we have a about 11,000 on one of his cars that we were just about to pay off last month. When this kind of came to light that it's like, no, don't pay off your cars because there's, we can only keep like there's like 5,200 of equity that's protected in vehicles and then they can take the rest. So he's like, if your car's paid off, yeah, you know, don't do that. So like, okay, we're holding, you know, but I'm like, we're really close like to paying that stuff off or, and now we were told to turn the cars in and lease them and lease a different car instead. Cause then we don't, technically own it but then i'm thinking in three years then his credit i'm assuming will be trashed and the lease is up and we'll have sunk a bunch of money in that we couldn't save and then what you know i'm like i i don't know what about your home is it protected under like the like do you have the homestead yep, protection so to where they can't protect our equity up to four hundred fifty thousand. okay so i know that with what we owe on our mortgage on our house is worth um, that's been pretty clear that our house is safe. Okay, that was also, my number one question. Yeah, so that's all safe. Um, there's going to be something he said with this that called like a reaffirmation of the loans basically mm-hmm. after it's filed because there is going to be something that happens with the house even though it's like we've never missed a payment. We're not behind at all. Mm-hmm. He's like, it's just unfortunately that's... But it's assets. When, yeah, you do a personal it. guarantee. It's, it's yeah, your life it's there. Yeah. I mean, yeah. That is. Oh, and gosh. that is how people lose their houses and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. My name is not on this. And I guess there are marital protections, which help us as well, because my name wasn't, you know, I was not part of the business, any of it, mm-hmm. you know? So yeah, there's a little bit of that, but yeah. So the house is safe. Um, okay. The cars sound like they're safe, but there's a little like discrepancy. And I'm like, like, well, you might just have to buy your car back for 5,000. Listen. On top of, it sounds like you're about to walk through a really difficult season. And this is a season where you guys are going to have to hold on to each other. Absolutely. Honestly. I was going to say, I mean, it, it does not, it, it won't take you out, right? People have recovered and have changed their family legacy because of this event like this. And that's what we want to see you guys' story go through, Melissa. But it, it is it is gut-riching to the identity and the core of who you guys are. And so stay with it. Thank you so much for calling. This is The Ramsey Show. Live from the headquarters of Ramsey Solutions, it's The Ramsey Show, where we help people build wealth, do work they love, and create amazing relationships. I am Rachel Cruz, hosting this hour with my good friend and Ramsey personality, Jade Warshaw, and we are taking your calls. It's a free call anywhere in the country at 888-825-5225, answering your questions on life, money, relationships, career, anything and everything. So first up, we have Calvin in Portland, Oregon. Hey, Calvin, welcome to the show. Hey, how are you doing? We are doing great. How can we help? I just wanted a unbiased opinion on this. I am uh, just made it to baby step three. Uh, right as I was transitioning jobs, I had left a previous company due to some disagreements about the way things should be done and uh, undercutting management and so forth. Uh, the company I came to had made some promises and benefits. Uh, they matched my pay, 
But when I got here, uh, they didn't hold up their end on a lot of things. They're doing some shady stuff, not following OSHA regulations, and we're really kind of screwing over the residents uh, by not taking care of the units that we're turning. Currently, I have a potential job offer with a pretty reputable company who's offering better benefits, uh, a retirement fund, a better schedule, things like that. Okay. How how old are you? 22. Okay. And the first job you left, what was the disagreement over your last job? I, I had been promoted after working there from a service tech to manager after a year and a half. Um, whenever I got the management position, I was pulled aside and told that I'm the youngest in the company, I'm inexperienced, and they're going to be taking charge of my property. And that was something they hadn't done to any other manager before. Whenever I tried to talk to HR and things like that, try to come to some kind of solution, it got pinned on to me. And eventually my schedule started getting changed. They started threatening my job. And so I ended up putting in my two weeks. Okay. Can I clear up? Can I ask a cl- clarifying question? Um, yeah. When they pulled you aside to have these conversations, was it, was the reasoning simply because you were the youngest in the company and some people didn't like that? Or was the reasoning you're the youngest in the company, therefore we're finding like performance issues? Was, was there any performance issue on it? Or it was just like, we don't like that you're doing well at a young age. Does that make sense? Am I missing something? No, that, that makes sense. And that's one of the things that I'm, I was struggling with understanding and had tried to get clarification because I had never been written up. Um, I'd been talked to probably one or two times, you know, just flip up previously. But other than that, I had good reviews from my residents. Everyone else was saying I was doing a good job. Everything was kept up. Yeah. And and Calvin, what's your line of work? uh, Property maintenance. Property maintenance. Okay. Yeah, because I think the thing about careers and stuff, and and if I was talking to 22-year-old Rachel, I would tell her this. Um, there's a lot of crappy businesses out there. There's a lot of crappy yeah. bosses. There's a lot of stuff that you run into and you're just thinking, oh, wow, these people don't keep their word. Wow. They're doing some shady things. Like That is a reality, Calvin. That is a reality. There's also a reality, too. And again, I would tell 22-year-old Rachel this, that Rachel, you don't know as much as you think you might, you know, that there could be problems within different circumstances that are Rachel problems. Rachel may think it's everyone else's problem, but it's really Rachel problem. And Kevin, I'm not saying you're one or the other, but usually that's what we find, Mm -hmm. especially if, you know, when you say, you know, you, there was a a job you just left because of questionable leadership, which could be very legitimate. Mm -hmm. Uh, And then you come to a new job and find out again just like point eight, there's crappy people and crappy businesses. And you're thinking, oh, geez, I picked the wrong one. I need somewhere that's reputable and great and you're going to thrive and it's going to be awesome, right? I, I I am going to give you the benefit of the doubt that mm-hmm. that is your situation. But I would say also, Calvin, just to have the humility always, and I right. still at my age in this too, um, that when issues do arise, there are times that it's us that we're the issue, not always everyone else. Right. So just always keeping that in the back of your head, Calvin. But if you really are working for a company that did not hold up their end of the bargain and did not do things they said they were going to do, and then even the way they run things, you just don't morally feel good about. That mm-hmm. is a valid reason 
to switch. So if you have another opportunity, even if the even if the opportunity didn't even have all these great benefits that you laid out, yeah. mm-hmm. that would still just be a reason to say, I don't feel comfortable working because if I can't trust them to not comply with certain regulations, I can't trust them with me, right? As, as an right. employee and how they're going to treat me. Oh yeah, that's right. Yeah. Um, and then if for some reason this one doesn't work out, then you do have to do what Rachel said and be like, okay, maybe I'm, what's my job process selection looking like? Am I <laughs> going on the Craigslist and looking at stuff that's, you know, just like the wrong option. Yeah. But I, you know, I, I'm with Rachel 100%. I do think that I think you're young going in as much as you can, ask really clear questions going in of and, and really understand what the expectation is for your benefit. Anytime it's like, okay, when I get here, what is your expectation? What does, when you say this is what we expect you to do, what do you mean by that? Like get as much clarity as you can. So you know that you're hitting your mark. Right. And right. I think that's the best thing that you can do in this next situation. Absolutely. Up next, we have Kevin in Huntington, West Virginia. Hey, Kevin, welcome to the show. Hi. Hello. How can we help? Um, okay. I have, I'm not very familiar with your all's um, stuff. I, I've kind of just started watching um, some of your highlights and stuff on YouTube recently. Um, but enough to get an idea, a basic idea of like the death snowball stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and I've gotten myself into a little bit of a bond. Like I'm not, <laughs> I'm not drowning yet. Okay. But I kind of see that if I keep going the way I'm going, I've kind of just been jumping from crisis to crisis and juggling yep. everything and making it work for a while. Yeah. Okay. Um, I kind of see that if I stay on that path that um, I'm going to be drowning yep. before too long. Okay. So, um, Kevin, we're up against the clock a little bit, so I want to make sure we get to your um, to your question and situation. So um, how okay, much um, Yeah, how much debt do you have? Um, I have uh, 63000 total okay. um 40 40 47 of it is between cars um 2900 of it is uh credit consumer okay. debt okay um i have 9000 uh student loans and uh 3800 in collections okay um some of that some of the credit some of the consumer debt is like uh <clears throat> like rent a center kind of stuff like Ooh. weekly payments yep um and, and my question is the, those aren't necessarily the smallest you know kevin i'm, I'm gonna hold it, i'm gonna keep you on hold for a second we're heading into a break a hard clock so if you'll hold on to the uh, hold on the line i'm putting you on hold we're gonna come back to you after the break so that we can really walk through these numbers especially as a new caller i want to make sure jade and i kind of get a full picture of your situation and help you best because i think this could be a turning point for you kevin i'm excited so stay on the line we'll be right back with you hey you've been listening to the show now it's time to start doing no more excuses join me and the rest of the ramsey personalities for the total money makeover weekend here in nashville on may 10th and 11th get a crash course in everything we teach about money including budgeting beating debt investing and more in just one weekend you'll leave with a plan to put it all into action it's game on baby early bird tickets start at 99 so don't wait go to ramseysolutions.com slash weekend so we held over a call from last segment, and we're going to talk to Kevin in Huntington, West Virginia. He's a newer listener to the show and has $63,000 in debt, everything from cars, credit cards, uh, student loans. And 
trying to figure out, you know, this feeling like he's on the cusp of possibly living crisis to crisis, like he's kind of right at that edge and possibly wanting to do some things to change that. So, Kevin, thanks for holding on the line. Yep. Okay, so as we were talking, you were saying some of your consumer debts, I think of the 2900 that was credit cards, is also, you were saying, was it uh, furniture from Rent-A-Center? Yeah, yeah, like stuff like that, like a bed. I, um, I had to buy tires for my truck, and yep. I, I financed uh-huh. it weekly pay um, kind of stuff. How much of it is um, that? Uh, about $3,000. Okay, and $3, what is what is that amount to monthly? Um, well, it's it's weekly pay. Okay, weekly. Um, each one of those comes out weekly. Um, the, the cheapest one is $21 a week. The other one's $30 a week. The other one's $74 a week. Can you give um, it, what happens when you give back the rent-a-center stuff? Like what happens if you're like, I don't want to rent it anymore? Um, nothing. They, they just get it back. So the payment's the payment. You can't go, you can't say, I don't want to rent it and, and get out of it. No, yeah, yeah no, I, I can take it back and I just don't have that stuff anymore. So and don't the have tires, the payment. The tires, I couldn't. Right. So, I wouldn't have the payment anymore. Right. Okay. I would go through and go, what can I give back? Like, obviously you need tires on your car, but is there a way that we can save up some quick cash and get you the tires you need and get, because I want you to get out of that as quickly as possible. Right. Because the interest well, and, on that, I'm that, sure, is not great. No, it's not. And that that was my question um, because I, I've recently got my a side hustle. Um, I got a job basically to do nothing. I'm on call for a wrecker service where if I get a call, I have to go out and work. Uh-huh. But it's overnight, and I usually don't get called, and it's $300 a week. Um, and I can get out from under, like the one is $206, so I could pay it off the check and that I'm off from, I'm out from under that one. And that frees up 2132 to roll into another thing with the debt snowball. Yeah. I, um, for me, things like rent center, that's akin to like payday loans and stuff. It's really just scraping the bottom of the barrel. So I'd want right. you to get that stuff clean. And honestly, like I said, I'd be looking and going, what can I just give back? And if you're making $300 doing this wrecking service, how quickly can you save up what you need for tires baseline? You know what I mean? And just, Get yourself back on your feet in that way. And then you've also got this debt in collections. And so the way you listed it out, you know, forty-seven or $47,000 in cars, 29000 in credit. I want you to go through even further with a fine tooth comb and really list each debt in order from smallest to largest, because that's going to give you not only a clearer picture of truly what's going on, but it's going to break it down in a way that you can, like you just said, hey, this one is for, you know, $2,000. I can... I can tackle that and it's going to help you see it in its smallest form so that you know, okay, like what is it going to take? How many hours do I need to do? Okay. I can pay that one off. And you're just going one by one line by line. Um, yeah. yeah. For the cars, Kevin, how much you said 47,000 for cars. So how much is each car? Um, for my truck, it's $700 a month. Uh, or what's like the total I, loan? Sorry. Uh, 22,000. 22 for your truck. Okay. And what's the next car? Yep. Uh, my wife's FUV. It's 24, three. 24,000. Okay. And then 2,900 on credit cards. Yes. That's including the. The rental centers. That's right. You were saying that. Okay. Yep. So yeah, if you'll break those out per credit card, per rental center. Uh, 700 700 on one, 300 on another, um, a thousand for uh, a bed, 500 for my tires and $200 um, for a computer. Okay. Um, And then. 
Like if I paid off the computer with the check that I get today. Yep. Yeah. Yep. That's exactly right. That's and good. then and $9,000 in student loans. Is that right? Yes. Okay. And then some in collections. What's, what's your income? Like you and your wife's combined income? Uh, combined our take homes of uh, just over 100000 That's good. a take home. Okay, good. So $63,000 in debt, 100000 take home. You know, there's a part to this where I go, okay, what would happen if you guys lived on $60,000 and you're going through this? You've got 40000 just in your money that you can put towards this every year. Plus... 300 a week side hustle. The side hustle and your wife getting a side hustle. When you look at it like that, you realize, Kevin, that this can, you can knock this out fairly quickly. 18 to 24 right. months. Right? Yeah. Well, that, and yeah, and I, like that was why I called because like the debt snowball, it, it, I think it's the list smallest to largest, right? That's right, That's exactly. Right. Take on the phone. And like some of these weekly payments aren't smallest, but if I attack the weekly payments first and got them paid off really quick, that has me paying like twenty five hundred dollars a week towards the ne- uh, uh, twenty five hundred dollars a month towards the next. Well, the smallest to largest is not Which, the payment size; it's the size of the debt, the total debt. Okay. So you, oh, okay. So you look at like if you like you said with those rent centers, I think you said one of the total debts was two hundred. One of the total yeah. debts was three hundred, right? Yeah. And so, so those would be my smallest. Yeah, that's okay. right. Yeah. I was thinking payments. Nope, by, by the balance, okay. by the by full the amount. balance. And you want to stay current on everything. That's right. So you'll stay right. current on all the payments, pay off that smallest. And then, Kevin, you guys, you know, you and your wife, because, you know, I mean, even just this picture of the debt, this isn't to shame or embarrass you, but, you know, it's a picture of like, this is normal. Like, you guys were just kind of doing what you wanted and you make great money and you're mm-hmm. probably feeling like, how are we broke? Like, how do we feel like well, we I- have no money? And we have to go to rent a center for our furniture when we make a hundred thousand dollars a year combined. Like this yeah. shouldn't, this shouldn't is, be this, like that. Yeah, this is not how it should be. And yeah. so, as you guys start this process, Kevin, I would really encourage you to lean in when you start to feel these wins, because I would bet you, Kevin, that you make you guys may look up at the twenty four thousand dollar SUV and be like, "Man, could we sell it for twenty six thousand, get two K, and get okay. a crappy car for a little bit, and and knock this out even sooner?" Because there's a taste of freedom, Kevin, that you guys have never had, have mm-hmm. never experienced. And for you and your wife doing this process together, it is huge. It's yeah. huge. So I want you to stay on the line because we want to give you Financial Peace University for you and your wife to go through together. And you guys, it's our seven, it's our nine lesson course. And you guys walk through that and every dollar premium. And this is our budgeting app that connects to your bank. And it's really going to help you guys list out very specifically, hey, here's our paycheck. Where is it all going? This is going to give you a roadmap to get this stuff paid off. And I think, yeah, with the side hustle and everything, Kevin, this is it. I mean, yeah, mm-hmm. your question was, what's the best use 18 of our months, side? I bet. Yeah, our side hustle money. And it's to, yep, throw out that smallest debt amount. And as you guys start to really make this traction and this progress, you're going to feel it. And it's going to be it's going to be amazing. And we're here for you. So keep keep watching the show and listening for that encouragement because the way you're going to view money is totally different yeah. than how you've lived and it's going to feel uncomfortable at times. It's not going to always be fun during the season of sacrifice, but the more you guys sacrifice and really buckle down, yeah, the traction you're going to see is amazing. Look, and you you hit the nail on the head, you know, $100,000, you think, "All right, we're we're doing well." Like the average family is somewhere around 67,000. So if you are above that mark, kind of 
status tells us, hey, that's good. You're doing well. And it does feel weird when you're like, wait a minute, I'm buying my furniture at Rent-A-Center. Like, I, told I can't you, buy tires. I can't I buy tires. To, yeah, yeah. And, you know, I told you during the break, I, I I knew this couple. They were older than us. But when I was in college, I went to their house and I remember them saying, like, our furniture is from Rent-A-Center. And they had two giant SUVs that were brand new. And I remember thinking, wow, they've made it. But they their situation was probably very similar yes. to what we just heard. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. When you start to make these changes, it will show. So if you try to do this in a vacuum or in the quiet, like you have to just accept, hey, if I really want to do this and I want to do it faster, I might drive a different car. Yeah. Like people might see me going from driving a 2023 Infiniti down to, you know, a 2015 Camry. And they may ask me questions about that. And that is okay. That's Number right. one, it's none of their business unless you want it to be their business. But if they ask you, there's no shame in saying, you know what? We were out of control and we're getting our life back. Yep. Like, let's normalize that as the status symbol of... Amen. I'm getting my life back and I am being a responsible adult. And when you give back that bed to Rent-A-Center and give back, you know, the tires to Rent-A-Center, that is you being a responsible adult. Hey guys, are you ready for the secret to help you reach those money goals that you've been dreaming about? It's simple. You got to get on a budget. With our budgeting app, Every Dollar, you'll get intentional with your money and build the habits that will make those dreams a reality. And we'll be with you every step of the way, from your first budget to that retirement home on the beach. Download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play. Remember, today, download Every Dollar for free on the App Store or Google Play today. Welcome back to The Ramsey Show and standing on the debt-free stage. We have Connor and Julian with us. Welcome, you guys. Hello. Thanks thanks for letting us be here. Well, congratulations. (laughs) We always know when there's people with headphones on the (laughs) debt-free stage that there's always a good story. Uh, Where are you guys from? We are from Oklahoma City. Okay, awesome. And how much debt did you guys pay off? We paid off $288,000. Amazing. Mm -hmm. What kind of debt was it? So it consisted of student loans, uh, rental property, as well as our primary residence. Paid off our house. We did. Amazing. (laughs) How much were you guys making during that time? Uh, We started at 74,000 and finished right around 103. Okay. And how long did it take you? Uh, 38 months. 38 months. Wow. Amazing, you guys. Okay, so 38 months ago, what happened? What what caused this (laughs) radical change of paying off almost $800,000 of debt? So I got started on the plan before we got married. Um, We were still dating at the time. And once we got married, we we hit it hard. Um, I told her kind of the the game plan. She knew what she was getting herself into because I was already hardcore (laughs) on the Dave Ramsey plan. Um, And so then from there, once we uh, had a combined income, we just hit the ground running. Wow. Okay, so what was the debt? I guess we're what was the debt going into the marriage? Was it who had the rental property? Who had the student loan? So I, I had the rental property. It okay. was actually a previous primary residence from my first duty station. Okay. So, wow. So my question is, I'm looking at a rental and a house. What are those properties worth? So that was kind of the key. We, we that was how we paid off. We sold the rental property uh-huh. to, which was a big part of paying off our primary residence. Wow. How Amazing. much was that? How much of that was? So we sold the rental property. Um, we left with about $100,000 in equity when okay. we sold that. Good for you. Amazing. So, so that added, of course, to the 288. Absolutely. Amazing. Was that a hard decision to make? Because a lot of people that call this show, they love <laughs> a rental property. So they always want to keep it. And especially in the military, it's definitely not the, the norm um, yeah. to not keep the property. Um, 
but I had purchased that property right before kind of really diving into the Dave Ramsey plan. Yes. So I knew when we left that that was the, the best decision to make. Okay. And what branch of the military are you in? Uh, Army. Army. Okay. Thank you. Thanks for, for your service. Yeah, definitely. So what what caused you to dive into the plan? Like, how did you get acquainted with this plan? How did you find it? What was your first reaction? So I have always been pretty uh, financially oriented. I've always had an interest in it. Um, but I think my dad was getting tired of me asking him questions about finances. He purchased the um, Financial Peace University CD bundle and had it shipped to my house. I went listened to that about two times over on my way to work every day, and I just I just bought in, dove in head first. So great! And how long have you guys been married? We've been married for just over three years. Three years, okay. So, so Julian, you knew what you were obviously getting into. He's very focused. He is you can very. tell. Connor, <laughs> Connor knows what he wants. Oh yes. Uh, so, what were you thinking when you? When he brought this up, I guess I'm assuming when y'all were dating, even mm -hmm. this was a conversation. Oh, absolutely. So I was not a stranger to Dave Ramsey. I, my parents in high school made us do the financial peace class with our youth group. So when he told me that he really wanted to do it, I said, <laughs> I mean, that's fine. I'm not the money person. I <laughs> don't ask me my advice. So I was, I was, I was ready to do it. Yeah. It was, it wasn't as hard to switch using like just my debit card to just using like straight cash mm -hmm. it wasn't as hard as i thought it was going to be because it made me actually you know like not spend all my money it made me you know budget yeah so you yes. went like full cash mode like full mm -hmm. cash envelopes mm -hmm. absolutely <laughs> i love it i connor, love it connor is <laughs> connor is hardcore i can tell um okay so what was the hardest part because you're newly married right mm -hmm. and i just feel like especially that stage i feel like there's different stages of life like when you graduate college mm -hmm. after you get married there's certain points in life that it just feels like everyone around you is living at a certain right like lifestyle mm -hmm. degree of what they're doing mm-hmm so what was hard about that? Did you feel like that was kind of around you and you had to push back or were you were you so focused that you didn't feel like there was a lot of temptation? Um, no, definitely. There was definitely some temptation. Um, a lot of a lot of friends didn't really understand what we were doing. They, they didn't appreciate that we couldn't always do all the things that they were doing. Mm -hmm. um, but for the most part, like our families were all completely on board. Like we definitely had a strong, a strong uh, cheerleader squad. So mm -hmm. I would say all in all, it, the 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 friend group part was the hardest part of it yes wow. for sure on the social side absolutely I could, yeah i could definitely see that so what would you say the key of getting out of debt is if someone asks someone listening or watching right now and they're thinking oh my gosh we we're newlyweds we have all this debt and look at them on stage they're they've done it what would you say to someone that things that they have to do to make this progress this process work so i'll say two things one one general and one military specific i'd say general is living living on less than what you make mm -hmm. i think we all know and that's a common thing i know that gets said on here um but for military specific it's it's not trying to do what's popular and what everyone else is doing mm -hmm. i think it's very popular in the military for people to try to acquire a home at every duty station and then people end up with four or five houses wow. in four or five different cities and that's where we were for a second and i was like that's that's not going to work that's not the best way to do this and once i saw that we could pay off our primary residence by selling the rental property it was hands down easy decision well, can i ask about that because that i could imagine the, sh the influence of that like there's all these people around you they're doing this thing was it as simple as going, hey, you guys are doing this. It doesn't seem to be working well for you. Like, how were you able to reconcile that? Because it is hard to look at what everybody seems to be doing, especially if it looks like it's working and do the exact opposite. Talk yeah. more about that. So for for me, it was a little bit easier because both of both the houses were on 15-year fixed mortgages. Mm -hmm. um, so 
where a lot of people have it financed on a 30 year mortgage and they're like, oh, well, I'm making $200 a month rent mm-hmm. to to their mortgage. And, and we were never making a profit off of the rents because we were we had a higher mortgage at a 15 exactly. year. And so that also, are, you know, we were at a point where I was like, well, we're really one bad roof or HVAC system away from a, a bad time. So mm-hmm. uh, that's when I was like, this long distance landlord is not, not for us. We're yeah. not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. You s- started turning on your brain and thinking about like what this really, really means for your situation. I love that. So good. Okay. So how does it feel? It's outstanding. Wild. <laughs> I mean, it's crazy that you guys own your home. How yeah. old are you guys? Uh, 28. I'm 25. Holy crap. Wow. <laughs> wow. I mean, that's so remarkable, you guys. That's mm-hmm. un- unbelievable. So all the hard work and the sacrifice, which I know part of this was the rental um, house that you sold, but but $180,000 came from you guys mm-hmm. living yeah. it out. Mm-hmm. And so if someone asks, was it worth it? What would you say? Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> no Amazing. And, and I'll just say that the one thing on that is, is a lot of people if they saw our story just from afar, they might think, oh, you know, that's that's an easy way to, to pay off debt. But I want people to know that we got extremely lucky with the COVID-19 market on mm-hmm. how much our house in El Paso appreciated. Yes. Um, so that was a huge part of, and, and like I said, that was luck. That was not the norm mm-hmm. as far as, mm-hmm. as buying and selling real estate goes. So Absolutely, we yes. got lucky in that regard. I don't want to think people to think that <laughs> anyone should just buy and sell a house like right. that. Yeah. So. That's a very good point. That's so great. Oh, you guys, well, Connor and Julian, you're amazing. And you're in your late twenties, mid twenties. And, and you guys have done it. And I'm like, and now seriously, people call the show in their fifties and sixties. And they're like, <laughs> why didn't we do this earlier? And you guys get such a head start. And so I see you have some cheerleaders next Absolutely. to you here on your left. Who, who's with you today? So uh, aunt and uncle that live locally here and then our son, Logan. So you have a son, Logan. <laughs> oh, he's so cute. Oh my gosh. How, and how old is he? He is a year and a half. Year and a half. Okay. Well, you guys, we have the live and give bundle for you guys to enjoy or give away all the pieces within that because you guys are definitely living like no one else. So we have Connor and Julian from Oklahoma City who paid off $288,000, including their house wow. in 36 months, making seventy four to 108000 Count it down. Let's hear your big debt-free scream. Three, Three, two, one. We're debt free! (laughs) (laughs) Amazing. Oh, absolutely incredible. I am shook. (laughs) I am shook. They're not even 30. Well, that's it. That's where I'm just like, you can decide. You can decide. Yeah. Wow. And And there's a road to be walked down that. But man, what an incredible, what an incredible life that they're about to dive into financially and in so many ways. Absolutely amazing. Congratulations, Connor and Julian. This is The Ramsey Show. Our scripture of the day comes from 1 Corinthians 16, 13 through 14. Be on your guard, stand firm in the faith, be courageous, be strong, do everything in love. Dorothy Bernard said, courage is fear that has said its prayers. Huh. Courage is fear that has said its prayers. There you go. I'm going to marinate on that. That's a good quote. Yes. yes. All right. Up next, we have Colin in Fort Worth, Texas. Hey, Colin, welcome to the show. Hi, thank you. Um, 
I'm trying to figure out what I need to do. I am 21 years old. I am $42,000 in debt, and I just got laid off two weeks ago, and I'm in a bind kind of thing. I am borrowing money from my aunt and uncle, but I don't have I don't have any payments until about three weeks from now. Wow. Okay. Um, What's your living situation? Are you renting? Uh, are you living with family? Uh, I am living with my aunt and uncle right now. Uh, they are helping me out. Um, but one of the rules is with me living with them, I'm getting my GED. Uh, I did drop out of high school. Um, before I got laid off, I was making a crap load of money for my age. My sister always told me to listen to y'all. She told me to give y'all a call to help me figure it out. That's where most of my debt's coming from is from cars. Um, just wasn't spending the money wisely. Mm-hmm. How much were you making? I was making from 1800 to 2500 a week. Okay. Okay. Um, and what kind of work were you doing? Uh, I was an oiler. I worked on the road. I worked in Kansas, New Mexico. I maintained heavy equipment. So and, what, are, you, are you trying to get back into that same field, or are you looking to do something else? Um, I'm pretty religious in my life, and I don't necessarily, what I've learned over time is money is not worth it to me, and actually I want to become a firefighter. I've always wanted to be one. Okay. So I want to go to school. And I want to try to work on that. And I know uh, where I'm at in Texas, uh, there's a program that pays for you to become a firefighter, but they only accept like a thousand people, and it's at the end of September. Okay, so that's a long so ways. To figure, I'm trying to Yeah, I'm trying to figure out a way to manage until then, or trying to get out of debt, or figure yeah. something out. Mm-hmm. What's the forty-two thousand, lo- uh, Colin? What's that consist uh, I have of? A, I have a sports car, which is twenty-four thousand of that, and then. I have a GMC Sierra, which is the other, is a truck. And how much is that? It is, I think it's like 19000 or something like that, or 18000 Okay, so there, it's all cars, literally two cars. Yes, ma'am. And then I have two other cars also. What? Okay, hey, how much are those? <laughs> uh, I have a Chevy Tahoe. It's paid off. It's about 12000 I would say it's worth. And then I have a Honda Civic, but it has a blown-up motor right now. Wow. Do how much you, could you pay? How much could you sell it if you just like without a motor, with anything, just sell it? Yeah, that's uh, that's what I'm working on. I have a buyer for next week. How much? But, how much I will mean, you get for it? About eighteen hundred. Okay. Is what he wants to offer. All right. Um, that's not going to last me so long. Colin, we okay. got to sell up these cars. Honestly, buddy. Colin, I would just have a massive car sale. I would mm-hmm. sell everything. I would sell them all. Everything must go. I would sell. I would sell all of them. What could you get for the sports car? You owe 24000 How much could you get for it, do you think? So the problem with me, I love cars and I'm a car enthusiast. I have modified it. And to a dealership, they're offering 12000 is what I got offered. For, so, for the 24000 Okay, hey, not a dealership. Did you Kelly Blue Book it? Yeah. So Kelly Blue Book came back at 16000 But with the modifications, they said it's going to be less. So I'm stuck with trying to sell it private party. Yeah. Is what I'm stuck with. Is this because you did and, a bunch of stuff to it? Yeah. So it makes a lot more horsepower. It's a very fast car. So I put, so I've put about $12,000 into it, except for buying it also on top. What about so the other car? Spot. What about, about the 19000 Yeah. Um, that's the most reliable vehicle I have, I would say. Wait, okay, how much could you sell car, it for? Uh, I could sell it for around fifteen. Is what a dealership offered me. So if you sold the Tahoe, 
if you sold the Civic, you could cover whatever you're upside down truly in either car. Like even if you chose to take the hit on the sports car, I'd probably focus on the $19,000 car, the Sierra, and I'd get rid of those three for sure. Yeah, and then you're going to make 12000 uh, maybe, yeah, 1800 from the, the Honda. So that's 14000 that you're going to make off of selling the other cars. So you can cover some of the difference, mm-hmm. the 4000 um, with that, keep the sports car, and you're going to have 10000 to put towards that. Yeah. I mean, honestly, without a job right now, Colin, I just don't like you sitting with a $24,000. I don't know if you'll be able to get a loan for the difference on all of these either, um, you mm-hmm. know, because usually we get we take a loan out for the for the difference. But if he gets yeah. the 12K from the Tahoe, then he can cover, he honestly could cover the upside down, the 4000 from the Sierra, and he'd probably be able to cover the other 5000 from the sports car. Yep. Because what are you paying in payments for the sports car and the Sierra every month? Combined. I am paying $450 for the Camaro. It's a Camaro. And then uh, for my Sierra, I pay, I think it's like $270. I mean, look at that. That's $700. That's over $700 a month that you're getting back. That would feel... And insurance, I'm paying about $780 a month also for cars being covered. I mean, look at that. And then you could take some cash... And you could buy yourself a cash car. Clear, Like you said, you're into cars. So you know how to pick a car for $5,000. That's just going to be your temporary thing until you get back on your feet. And then you can add money to that and upgrade. But you, I mean, you got $42,000 of debt. It's all cars. And you don't have a job. Yeah. And the thing about this is like that house of cards came down. But you get to build back up stronger and you get to build build back up on the right footage. So yeah. it feels bad right now, but it doesn't have to stay that way. And I don't want you to think that we're like, you know, trying to take all your toys away from you and, you know, put you in the corner. We just want you to get out of this debt. You're living with your uncle and aunt who are nice enough to do that. And this mm-hmm. is you going, look, I made a mistake. I'm going to make it right so I can get up out of y'all's house yeah. so I can stop borrowing money. And next time, because there is going to be a next time where you make great money. And you're going to treat it the right way and you're going to buy things in cash and you're not going to go into debt because you know you will have then known how it feels for that to cave in on you and you're never going to do that again. Yeah, because Colin, you know, you said earlier in the call that you I think you said something like I'm a religious person, so I'm not money's not everything to me anymore, Mm -hmm. you know, and that's true. But money is something when you don't have it all and you got two car payments. So like there is a level of having money in its right position. And I think that's what you were saying, which is very noble. That yes, money is not everything, but you do have to have it as a tool in life. So you have to learn to manage it, right? So you're either going to choose to manage it well and wise so that it doesn't become an idol in your life. Or if it's the thing that you're stressed over and over and over and over and over every single month, living month to month and stress, it's going to become an idol. So as spiritual as we want to make it for it not to be, you actually can choose for it not to be an idol to have control over it. And I think that's Mm -hmm. one of the best things that you can do, Colin. And I think that this is a wake up call. I think there was a part of you that we all have this like little inner child that kind of wants and wants and wants. I see it when J. Crew has a sale or whatever it may be that you're like, it's what I want. I want that. I want that yours happens to be cars and i think colin there's a level of maturity here that you're like i'm a man you're getting your ged which i think is fabulous and you want a career that you said is a firefighter and it doesn't you know you said it's not going to make a lot but that's okay because money's not a big thing to me Mm -hmm. well guess what you get an option to be a firefighter and maybe not make as much when you don't have debt but you don't have that option to make that kind of money 
solely when you have all these car payments too. So that, that's the trade-off I want you to see that living without debt not only frees you up financially and spiritually, emotionally, mm-hmm. like we talk about, but it frees up your options. Like if you have no payments, then you can say, yeah, I'm going to choose to be a firefighter, make less than what mm-hmm. I made in the oil fields. But I literally can because I don't have bills. So like yeah. I have the freedom to choose that, which is beautiful. And that's what you're starting to see, Colin, is that it gives you options. Like it gives you the ability to make decisions with your life. You know, I was talking, Colin, to this young couple when I first started speaking and they had close to $180,000 in student loan debt combined. They just got married out of college. They went to two Christian universities. They wanted to be missionaries. Whoa. And you can't, I'm like, I don't know. I don't know what to tell you. You have bills to pay. So Colin, this is the best thing for you. I'm so excited for you. Sell these cars, become debt-free, get a side hustle, work till September to be able to be a, go be a firefighter and do what you want to do. I right. love it. Jade, thanks for being an awesome co-host as always. Thanks to all the guys in the booth. Thank you, America, for listening. Remember to take control of your money and create a life you love. Hey, folks, Dave Ramsey here. You know, budgeting doesn't have to be boring. You just need a budgeting app that's made with you in mind, and that's Every Dollar. The Every Dollar app has helped millions of people work the baby steps and take the stress out of planning and managing their money. Start budgeting with Every Dollar for free right now. Just go to RamseySolutions.com slash Every Dollar and download the app today. That's RamseySolutions.com slash Every Dollar.